Alright, alright, quieten down now. Live from the Britain Yankee Pub Studios. Another Britain Yankee Craft Beer Pubcast. I can hear the pints being pulled right now. Take it away, lad. You are paying for that beer, aren't you? Pump up the bitter. Pump up the bitter. And welcome to yet another podcast from the Britain Yankee. And we're not at the Britain Yankee. We are still on vacation up in the wonderful area of Sedona, Arizona. And as I sit in this seat, I can look at the red rocks. It's fantastic because I'm at the Sedona Beer Company. And that is on the north end of town, past all the tourist locations and quite a nice, uh, quiet area. And sitting with me is Kali Gajewski. And uh, Kali is the uh, founder, the owner, owner. Mm-hmm. and uh, you do this brewing with your husband, right? My, my husband's the head of production. Um, okay. We just hired our second brewer, but he has a, a brewer who brews most of the beer now. But when we first opened, he produced every drop of beer for us for a very long time until he, he got some help. And we'll talk a little bit about your brewing area because I did take a quick look at it back there um, and we'll talk about that in a second but of course it wouldn't be a Britain Yankee if we're not sampling beer so we have in front of us a couple of good brews which I must take a picture of before I jump into it. Um, What are you drinking Callie? I'm drinking our new pale ale we just put out it's called Funshine. Um, the reason I chose it is because it's not quite noon yet, and it's our lowest alcohol pale ale on tap right now. And, <laughs> and I've you, got a long day ahead of me. So. You have a long day ahead of you. Now, let me ask you a question before we find out how you started this all up. Your hours are like noon until 8, and that seems to be what everywhere around here closes at 8 or maybe 9. Yeah. What's the reason for that? So, uh, there's a couple of reasons. Sedona is ultimately a retirement town, so our average age in town is almost 60. Hmm. Um, so, that is something with, you know, to do with hours. But also, we stay, we've stayed open till 10 in the past, and what we found is people spend so much time outside all day that by 8.30, we're basically empty because they're tired. Yeah. There's a handful of bars in the area that do well and stay open yeah. until two and all those things, but it's a very specific group of people who are going out to stay out to bars till two. They're not going to come to a brewery to to shut us down um, right. when they really just want to go to a bar and you know stay up late. So we found we've tried a variety of hours, yeah. and what we found is with the um, that both the tourists and the locals that live here staying our, our bar is technically open till nine. We stop serving food an hour earlier because we just have found that yeah that's the right time to stop serving food but we on the nights we we stayed open till 10 on the weekends for almost six months and we had two nights out of six months where we had significant traffic after eight o'clock yeah. so 
and it makes it so all my staff has good work-life balance and and all those things which are important and of course we are sitting outside in your wonderful beer garden yep. which is uh, decorated with um hops growing yeah. out of beer barrels uh do you get a crop out of that that you use no not really um these two varieties closest to us are willamette and mount hood which really aren't suited for our climate okay. at all um my husband's mother brought them from portland and we planted them when we first opened to see if they'd grow and they do okay but they don't yield much flower at all the two farthest away from us are cascades and they do better but it's only their second year um so we'll see this year we likely what will happen is we have a couple of home brewers on staff and they'll take the yield from them because yeah. they'll get much better use out of it than we will. Yeah. <laughs> Understood. Yeah. Um, you do have, uh, so this um, uh, uh, honey nut, honey nut brown. Honey brown. Or, yeah. Yep. Honey brown. And um, it, it's got a really nice mouthfeel mm -hmm. to it. Smooth. Um, the brown, it's, it's on point to me with that sweetness. Yeah. It's uh, not it's too really sweet nice. from the honey, but you taste the honey, the wildflower honey character. I really like this. So that's our pride beer. It's called Be Proud. Um, during June, we raise money for local LBGTQ plus oh, charities. Right. Okay. And so that's what that beer we released for. So it's oh, called cool. B-E-E Proud. Ah, you know, like okay, cool. Honey. That's yeah. great. <laughs> so tell us, um, you mentioned that your husband was from Portland. Are you yep. from Portland? No. How did you get here? I'm from here. And when was it? I'm oh, from you're here. From, oh, you're a native. I'm from here. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. yeah. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm a, I grew up in Sedona. I was okay. here until I graduated high school. And then I lived in Boulder and Denver for about a decade. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, we My daughter lives in Arvada. There you go. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, did a bunch of school. Um, okay. We both have master's degrees. And we had the opportunity to move back to Sedona. But when you're young, at the time, we were both in our 20s. Uh, you don't move back to Sedona in your 20s without, like, a really good reason. Because okay. it is. It's a tourist and retirement town. Yeah. For work and all of those things, it's not the easiest place to move to. And, and Mac had been homebrewing... Him and I have been together since I was 18 and he was 20, and he's been homebrewing since then. And he always, we always joked that we opened a brewery, never really took it really seriously, but we had yeah. great jobs, a house, a dog in Denver, had the opportunity to move back, and we said, well, let's go try, and if it doesn't work, we both have master's degrees, we'll just go work somewhere else. What was the degrees in? I have a master's in social work, and okay. my husband has a master's in civil engineering. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Two ends of the spectrum. Yes, there. <laughs> but when it comes to running the company, they they complement the things we do for the company really well. He's um, very much uh, his degree was in process engineering okay. and management, and so very good for over there. And uh, honestly, this work of running the tap room isn't super different from social work. I'm still just setting boundaries <laughs> and managing feelings and helping people meet their expectations. And then, but I have right. beer, so it's better. So how did you come to, you know, you came back to Sedona mm -hmm. and, and you found this particular property. And I will say that it's, um, it's to me, it's a kind of an upmarket looking building, yeah. very nice courtyard on one side of it and a, uh, and a uh, friendly cannabis dispensary yeah. as well for your other social needs yeah. um, on the other side. But it, it's a really nice looking building. It's got a nice courtyard. Um, when we came to eat the other day, um, the food is fantastic. Okay, yeah. that burger I had was, I, I don't know what was in it, but it was the juiciest burger I ever had. Yeah. <laughs> and it was delicious. And we all enjoyed the beers and the food. Um, it was great. So how did you find this property and was this exactly what you were looking for? Yeah, so we spent over two years looking for a property. Um, in Sedona, there's just, so breweries tend to go in industrial space, right? Yeah. And Sedona's never had industry. So 
there's no like abandoned industrial space like there would be in other places because the industry has always been tourism basically there's a little bit of Hollywood stuff, but still nothing that would have built big stain or big steel buildings or the things that most of the time brewers go into. So we were always looking at buildings that if we could make it work, you know, it was always done. Can we make this building work for us knowing that it won't be built in the way that most breweries are built? Um, and the way we ended up here, this was a Japanese restaurant for 25 years, oh, which is okay. why the bamboo is on property and the courtyard has the Zen garden and all of those things. Uh. Um, and I grew up coming here, uh, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in this restaurant and we had just given up on looking. We were ready to call it uh, maybe two weeks before this restaurant announced they were closing. And because when you're from a small town, you know all the people. I went to their owners who've known me since I was a kid and said, I want it. And they said, yes. Cool. Um, and so we signed a lease a couple of weeks after the restaurant closed and worked on building. Um, to skip ahead to talk about the brewing space, it's on the opposite side of the courtyard from right. our tap room. It's uh, it's tiny. I looked in there, so I looked in and I went, my goodness, the ceiling is Eight very foot. low. Yeah. And does it get rather hot in there or do it, you it have does. a good air conditioner? We do have a good air conditioner. If they're not actively brewing, it's not super hot, but yeah. most breweries don't have air conditionings at all. No. So they all get hot when they brew. Um, at least we're dry, so it doesn't right. get necessarily as... And we'll have some pictures. I'll take some pictures yeah, out I'll, there. Yeah, I'll take and you post over there. On the website. Um, what's the size? It's a f- so it's a five barrel brew house. Uh, wow. We have four five barrel fermenters and a five barrel bright in two hundred and sixty one square feet. Wow, yeah. packing it in. We we joke that we want to produce. Your husband short? No, he's six three. <laughs> oh, okay. And our other brewer is just as tall. Okay. So you should see them dry hop. The dry hopping port's like four or five inches from the ceiling, so you have to like. Oh my god. Yeah, there it's. <laughs> It's, it, uh, it's very really, silly. Yeah, there you go. So this, this is what we love to find, that you will brew beer under whatever circumstances, mm-hmm. and typically speaking, the beer's going to come out great. So how many times does he brew a week? Or So during busy season, they're looking at uh, two to four brew days a week with two to four package days a week. And what is busy season here? Uh, so we start... Historically, COVID has thrown everything into... Yeah. So historically... Yeah. Historically speaking. Historically speaking, yeah. which I'm not sure is still yeah. true, is it starts Valentine's Day weekend, okay. and we go through May, usually Memorial Day, and that is really, really, really busy. Like, we had an hour and a half wait almost every day. Compared to what you saw last right. week, it's a very big difference. Well, not many people come here when it's 120 degrees. Exactly, so. exactly. Well, <laughs> well we, like don't, we, we don't get that, that hot. No, we don't get that hot. It's nice here, yeah. But the forests are closed, and that's yeah. that's right. impacting a lot. Right. We're slower than traditional for this time of year because of the forest being closed. Okay. And then, so we'll pick up again for our second round of busy in the middle of September. Um, October is usually the busiest month of the year. And then we go up and down through the holidays. So every holiday weekend here is busy. Um, and then, you know, we lull between holidays for the end of the year. What temperature does it get to at Christmas? Um, we get snow, uh, not oh. like not like normal people snow, but, uh, <laughs> you know, a handful of times a year, we'll get a couple of inches and it's usually melted before noon. Mm-hmm. But in the winter, we're looking at highs in the 50s and lows in the 30s. Okay. And it gets colder than that and warmer than that, but it's pretty temperate um, most of the time. Okay. It's if you're if you live in a cold place, it's a perfect winter. If yeah. you live in Phoenix, then it's very cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we live in a place where we get nice lots of snow yeah. and the spring and the summer yeah. and then the fall. So we're happy. <laughs> um, one of the items that I noticed when I came in and I sent a uh, picture of it to my co-host who's uh-huh. back in Illinois, Hot Vine Brewing. I'm yeah. wearing his t-shirt here now. Cool. Shout out to Ken McMullen. 
um, was your s squirrels. 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 Squirrels, of yeah. course. Which appear to be small, square fermenters. Barrels. They're barrels. They're okay. barrels. And they do have an airlock on the top. They do. Right? And that's where you put in some of your specialty beers, which Correct. I haven't really come across anywhere that does as many specialty beers as you are doing. And uh, tell us the story there. How did you get into that side of it? So we always knew we wanted a pretty um, robust barrel aging program. The thing about reusing barrels, well, there's a couple of things. Uh, a brand new American oak barrel, you can only make three per tree, right? Which is not right. necessarily a sustainable take. And, and the way we grow and, and treat our business is always with sustainability in mind. We're a certified sustainable business. We only plan to get better, not worse. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that didn't feel super good about the oak use of American oak trees or other oak trees for that matter. Um, also, you get a lot of leaking and management. You can only use those, you know, if we get a spirits barrel, it's great to reuse it, right? Reduce, right. reuse, right. always great, but it will only be watertight for so long. Right. So you may get one use, you may get five uses out of it, but it, it has a lifespan. Yeah. Um, and also the circles are not the most, uh, we're, we're dealing yeah. with some space issues here. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so circles are not the best shape for space issues or ovals, yeah. you know, cylinders. Yeah. So what squirrels are, they're a reusable, cleanable, sustainable barrel system. It's made by Minnetonka Brewing Company or Minnetonka Brewing Supply or some, like something. Minneapolis or something? Minnetonka, Minnesota, <laughs> okay, yeah. I think. Um, and so what those are is the big ones are 60 gallons. Okay. The small ones are 30s. And we have a couple of 10s that we take to festivals. Like there's a cask festival every year in Flagstaff and we'll fill one of those to serve from for the cask festival. Um, cool. Right now, the ones that you were sitting near are all sour barrels. So the, that is going through, uh, that's finished beer that goes in there usually with fruit or other additions that we sour on okay. uh, cultures of Brett and Lacto and, and Sacro and they're their own living biome. And so yeah. each beer that goes in changes the biome and we just try to keep it as happy as we can. And the beers that come out of those barrels are really, really incredible. And then we have a couple of clean barrels for, um, you know, doing specialty beers that are clean, whether yeah. that's, uh, we can wash the barrels and what you do is you take all the staves out and you can soak them in spirits. Yeah. So it's just to explain to the people, and I did have a couple of pictures that I'll put out there. I, I asked your server. Yeah. I can't remember her name. Martha. It? Martha. That was it. Okay. Gosh. Um, so why does what's it got that wood on the side? Yeah. And she said those slip in and out, mm -hmm. and so you can change the wood and the toast and all the. And, and if you get an infection and you want to get rid of the infection, you just pull the wood out, you clean the stainless, and you replace the wood. And so the wood it's exposed to the beer on one side, and it just looks good on the other. Right, and it creates, part of barrel aging is air passing through the wood. That, okay. that changes, that's part of the barrel aging process, right. the things you taste. And so what they tried to recreate is a traditional air exchange from the barrel. So the inside of the barrel is almost completely covered in wood because the staves are wider on the inside oh, than I they see. are on the outside. Okay. And then they have a gasket around them. And so you just pop them out when you wanna wow. change them. And so if you, we have a, we've had a leaky stave, just one leak. And all you have to do is replace that one and all of a sudden, your barrel is back exactly versus that's a, a that's a killer having a leaky state <laughs> <laughs> unlike unlike traditional bears where if they yeah. leak you can do your best to yeah manage that's, but that's they're done. fantastic so they're obviously more expensive than a regular barrel right however they're reusable ad infinitum I would right guess. and they Place and they gaskets. use the tenth of the wood that tenth of the wood and so you can put a uh, little airlock on the top of exactly the saw and then it and that's, carries on fermenting or doing whatever it's doing in it. Exactly. It has all the traditional um, ports for 
us like there's a there's an elbow at the bottom for when we want to move the beer around and you can add sample ports and all of these things. The reason ours have airlocks on them is because there's live culture in them and you don't want to put too much pressure on the on right. the wood because then you will yeah. end up in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, uh, when you come in, uh, well, when you're in there, we were sitting close to uh, a refrigerator which mm-hmm. had tons of bottles in it. Mm-hmm. One of which I picked up for an annual barley wine show. That's mm-hmm. your barley wine, which I think you call barley wine. Barely, because barely. It, it finished in a barrel. It did secondary fermentation in one of the, I think it was a 10 gallon squirrel. So just a very small batch of that beer. And then I also picked up a bottle of your Saison. Yep, the Saison. Which is a Saison Wison. Yep. So a wheat Saison. Exactly. Is that what that is? Yeah. Okay, good. And that was aged with tequila wood. Yep. It was fantastic. It's a great that beer. was like a wine. I love beers like that yeah. with that kind of wine character to it. Mm-hmm. It was really, it was crisp, it was delicate. It was a great beer. And that beer's over uh, over a year old. Is it really? It is. Excellent. What other ones have you got going on in there? So we have a uh, Scotch Squared. One of our beers that we tend to have on, not right now because it takes too long to brew and we're very busy, but it's coming back. We have a Scotch Ale on that is made with maple syrup from New York. So each of our staff get to design and then brew a beer with our brewers ah, eventually. And then when fantastic. we release their beer, we get a caricature of them on a shirt and let, you know, celebrate their beer. So our very first staff beer was our bartender Scott's designed a Scotch ale. He's from New York state. We imported all of the maple syrup from near where he lived. And so it's a maple syrup Scotch ale. It's a great, great beer. And what they did is they took the finished beer and aged it with, um, Scotch whiskey and oak, so Scotch squared. Wow. Um, so that that's a really that one also holds up really well. And you got bottles of those. We right? do. Yep. I think those are the three. So you, the barley wine, the saison, and the Scotch ale. I think are our only bottles at the moment. Um, we do do very small runs of bottle aged sours, but those go very quickly because they come out of these barrels. And if you like sours that taste like a fruit cup and like lemon juice, it's not that. It's the it's the bretomyosis, okay. like funky, barnyardy, still yep. sour, it was a lot a, going on. Like a horse blanket. Horse, I, yeah. I, I never sn- smelled a horse blanket. I keep away from horses. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> but but they're very, they're usually very good beers, and they usually move very quickly. Um, they do dark sours, which are more rare, and wow. um, they're very popular. And so we usually don't have them for very long. Just by way of coincidence, now I'm back in Illinois, and we'll get back to Carly in just a second. I wanted to get with my buddy uh, Ken, who is with me, and I'm standing in Hot Vine Brewing Company with him. Hello, Ken. What's up, Phil? Good to see you, man. And uh, I thought, well, I'll get this bottle of Sedona Beer Company Scotch Squared over to him. We'll open it and sample it. So, have you ever had any scotch ale with whiskey, chips, and things? This was done in one of those squirrels that... Uh, squirrels? Squirrels, is it? Yeah. And I think, actually, Cully, I don't know if you know this, but we looked it up, and a company is permanently closed. You may have some of the last ones, even though I think it's a superb idea. Yeah, I'd never heard of those, but the idea is really cool. And I was kind of excited about it and then looked it up and it says permanently closed. There you God go. Damn it. Yeah. So we will open this up. You've kindly provided your opener, which 
Which end is it? Oh, there it is. Right, I'm going to do that. No, I'm doing the wrong end. Yeah. What can't I see? You know, there's there's something to be said here, Ken. Never touch another man's opener. Oh, go ahead. Open the bottle up. There we go. There's no pop. quite hear that. It, yeah, it, there's it no was pop a or anything. Yes. And I'm going to pour this out here. And of course, I will be taking pictures. So I'm going to pour this out. Now, um, Scotch Ale, what sort of a profile should be looking for uh, in Scotch Ale, Ken? Oh, you're looking for a lot of malt. I don't know. What else? It, it, that's earthiness. I look for a little earthiness. That kind of, you know, that kind of thing that sets Scotch aside from amber. So this is poured out um, quite delightfully. Some, some peat or some peat. Smokiness. Yeah, let me see. This one is a very nice color. Um, now I always get confused, Ken, between Scotch ale and Scottish ale. What's the difference? Well, I had to look it up, Phil, because I do too. <laughs> um, a Scotch ale is a type of Scottish ale, um, specifically a wee heavy. Aha! And it's it's higher alcohol, higher ABV than Scottish ales. Uh, I mean, it's a type of Scottish ale, but it's the, it's yeah. the stronger version. Um, maybe a little sweeter, too. Well, this one is certainly on the high end of the ABV. This is coming in at 9.7%. And according to Kali, I think they added whiskey-soaked oak chips to well, that, it. That would have contributed to the ABV a little bit. Yeah, and then again, as they did them in the squirrels. So let's, uh, what's the aroma like? I'm getting a real typical wee heavy aroma. I get I get whiskey right up front, you know, spirit on the nose, and then definitely some uh, sweet malt, sweet malt notes. It's a, a delightful, I would say, dark mahogany or dark oh, yeah, brown, with, really, with isn't a, it? With a lot of daylight, you can almost see through it, but it's clear yeah. and it's deep oh, yeah. red mahogany. Let's drink it. Right on. I was surprised by the body. It's really... It's got light, light body. It's light body. My first uh, impression was definitely a wee heavy. Mm. I'm getting Creamy. Kind of that earthy. Now the yeah. second sip, I'm starting to get the, the whiskey. Yeah. Hey, the water of it's light. It's got a nice creamy character to it. A nice smooth finish. Um, was surpri I'm surprised by the, the body. I was expecting a much sweeter, more viscous beer, but it's very, delicious. Very boozy aftertaste. Yeah. When I say very boozy, I mean I'm getting that right on my uh, palate here right now. Third sip, we should have it down pat, right? Mmm. That is quite enjoyable. Now, that is surprising that that's a nine point, almost 10% beer. Yeah. I don't get heat warming up my, like anywhere I don't get heat. But you it's taste really nice. a little alcohol though. Yeah. But it's, you're right, there's no heat, yeah. Well now the, the description that they give to this is uh, uh, caramel, or caramel as we say, waffle cones, chocolate, and whiskey. A smooth variant of Scottish Scotch Ale. So there we go, they do a Scotch Ale. This time aged in Scotch Whiskey Oak. Which, uh, I think they've done a very good job on this. It's a and, really good uh, beer. Yeah. Thanks for sharing it with me. Fantastic. Um, Carly, thank you very much for your time. We're going to come back to you and find out a little bit more about Sedona Beer Company. Ken, are you going to head out that way? 
Uh, I'll be driving through there. Maybe I maybe I'll stop. When are you driving through there? Couple weeks. I'm helping mom and dad move back to Illinois, so I'll be cruising right past there. Wow. Okay. That'll be good. Well, you should do. Just stop by Sedona Beer Company. Tell them the Brit sent you. Look for the Brit's brick. Is that where the brick is? <laughs> no, no, no. It's not there. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I'll okay. cut that bit out. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Um, fantastic. And if Martha, our waitress's, uh, or I should say serving person, is listening, thank you so much. You are a absolutely fantastic fun person. Cheers. Tell me about your clientele then. You, you, you say that these go very quickly. So yeah. obviously you've got a reputation with the people who live in this area. And they come do you have people lining up outside when you've got a new one because that's typically what happens in the chicagoland area yeah so not here uh you know there's only about ten thousand people who live in sedona uh and again with an average age a little bit older the craft beer nerd doesn't tend to be our yeah. you know not where like we me. well <laughs> well we have and so we have a very good core of locals who definitely come out yeah. for those kinds of things but we have um a constantly rotating tourism population okay. so it goes really quickly because you, you rarely see the same person twice. And so the access is very large. And when people try one of our more funky sours on draft, they want the right. other one that's in the bottle. And so they'll take it with them. Oh, wow. Okay, that's really cool. Um, I, Yeah, I think it's excellent what you've got going here. And now one of the things I wanted to uh, just point out to mm -hmm. people when we came in, hang on, I'm going to reach over and listen to this, folks. That's your ordering uh, it's a crowler. It's a crowler filled with rocks. Filled with rocks. Yeah. Or we and say vortex crystals. It's full of oh, vortex right. crystals. Vortex crystals. Yeah, yeah. That's why I got the great yeah, energy from exactly. it. Exactly. But it's a fantastic thing because if you're sitting at your table, you know when you want a new beer, you turn it over, mm -hmm. green side up, Yep. and you've got green and people come around and then when you turn it the other way around, and you're good. And then when you want your bill, you lay it on its side. Fantastic. And I see one of your services in there. He heard that sound. And he looked at us. And up. he was looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're trained. They're like Pavlov's dog. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to flip it over. Otherwise, I got to show up. There we go. <laughs> see what happens. Yeah, um, yeah. So we started that during COVID as yeah. a way to reduce exposure to our... So Arizona was open most of... We were closed for seven okay. weeks in March of 2020 to the mid, middle of May 2020. Okay. And that was it. We've been open every other minute for both with, inside and outside. With masks or outside? Uh, we know. never had a state mandated mask order. Okay. Uh, the city did have a state mandated mask order. We were at a reduced capacity um, yeah. for a little while, but in general, Arizona was open the whole time. So basically you survived okay. We survived okay, but yeah. you know, you want to mitigate risk to staff. And so yeah. we put this in place so they didn't have to constantly check on tables. And what we learned is one, it made their lives a lot easier. And two, the customers really liked dictating how much service they got because some people want a lot yep. of attention. Yep. And you kind of have to guess who those people are. And now they can tell you that they want a lot of attention or the people who, like my husband and I, we don't want attention at all. We like don't want you to check on us. We we want you to leave us be. And, and so yep. this way you can kind of choose your own adventure with service, which, you know, it gives the consumer a lot more power in that relationship. Right. And it also gives the staff a little more you know, it gives them yeah. the opportunity to be better at their jobs. Right. Yeah, I, I've noticed that all of your staff were very much attend 
I mean, they were some of the friendliest people. They come in mm-hmm. and sit you down, and it was a great experience for everybody. So I'm glad so, you had a good time. Uh, for the future, are you at a point where you think you're going to expand? Do you distribute out kegs of beer to anybody, or is it really just here? Yeah. So if you're not in this building, you really can't get um, our beer. If you end up in Flagstaff, though, you can get. Uh, I think he still has it. The, there's a homebrew shop in Flagstaff okay. that carries specialty bottles, and they have our two years ago barley wine still. Oh, <laughs> which is which isn't t- didn't touch a barrel, but also 15 percent. Really, really so. If you want to add to the collection and you end up in Flagstaff, I think he still has bottles. Um, wow, I was up there um, for the Grand Canyon, but yeah, yeah. Um, if I'd have known that. Oh! I know. So you're drinking, uh, this is just quick uh, profile of your pale ale that you said. Yes. Did we talk about that? I can't remember. I think we talked about it before we turned the mic on. We did. Okay, there we go. So talk about it now we got the mic on. So, so all of our base malt comes from comes locally. So Yes, I read that. Yeah, so Just about that. there's farmers in Camp Verde, which is about twenty miles south of us, that are uh, switched from sweet corn to barley as a reduction on river stress. So oh, right. sweet corn's grown in the summer when the river is at its lowest. Barley is grown in the winter when the river is at its highest. And so the and nature, that's the Verde River, the Verde River, Verde River. Um, the Nature Conservancy talked these farmers into switching out their sweet corn for barley as with a, like a guaranteed we'll buy it to malt it. So the Nature Conservancy opened a malt house called Sanawa Malt, and that is also in Camp Verde. So this malt house buys all this barley from these farmers, guaranteed kind of purchase. So the farmers don't have to worry about, you know, their crops and. It's an easy thing to grow and it uses less water. Their first yeah. year, they saved millions of gallons from the Birdie River. So all of our base malt is grown in Camp Birdie, malted in Camp Birdie, And then my husband drives the truck out, fills the bed of the truck with about a thousand pounds of barley and drives it back for our brews that week. So when you're making something like a Hefeweizen, mm-hmm. which I think you've got on there. We don't have our own Hefe. We have someone else's Hefe okay. on at the moment. Um, do you uh, do they malt things differently for different styles? I mean, you obviously need a more roasted malt for right. something a little. So dark. they're just yeah. doing base malt. So what would be considered two row barley, which is the okay. the base grain for people use either two row or six row barley. Right. But that base malt is is what all beers start with, and then you layer specialty malts on top of oh, it. Oh, okay. So they also malt um, Sonoran wheat. So there's uh, Sonoran wheat being grown on the Yavapai Apache Nation, one of our indigenous tribes nearby that's how you pronounce it yavapai apache <laughs> um and so they're also malting sonoran okay. wheat and so there's sonoran wheat in this beer i bet I, i'm not positive but i bet it is only sanawa malt and and sonoran wheat mm-hmm. or if i know my brewer maybe he threw some honey malt in that which is a specialty malt we yeah. still order because our maltster isn't toasting at this point so okay um anything that makes color or has additional flavor we're still purchasing right so this beer is my, my best guess is it's mostly Sanawa and Sonoran wheat. Um, I have no idea what the hopping is. I could go look. Um, it's lower alcohol. It's in the. It's probably not Fuggles. No, it's probably no, not an English barrel. It is not. It is not. Um, we, we tend to use the the popular hops that exist okay. at the moment. Um, and we and we also try to only buy regional ingredients to the best of our ability. He does his best not to order, especially from outside the country. Um, 
as a for a carbon impact kind of perspective. Okay. Uh, if he had it his way and he could get everything he needed regionally, he would. But obviously, hops don't grow super well in the southwest. Yeah, I, it's a little bit warm for him, right? Yeah. So most yeah. of the hops we actually, the majority of the hops we buy are from the Pacific Northwest, and then we get specialty hops from a farm in the in Colorado called okay. Billy Goat Hop Farm. They're on the western slope. Okay. And so we get some really cool hop varieties from them as well. So the goal is to yeah. be as close to home with our purchasing as possible. Um, You know, we want to make climate focused decisions anytime we can. Um, I think the only malt he buys that isn't American at this point is acidulated malt, which I think they only make in Germany. Okay. But someday he hopes someone else makes it and then he won't have to buy it from Germany anymore. That's really cool. Yeah. I I like the way that you are consciously, you know, uh, making sure that everything you do is appropriate and you're not adding to the problems that we have already. Right. If, if you run a water business in the desert and you're not attentive to water, yeah. then you are not going to make it. <laughs> so so uh, tell me about that water then. Um, do you get it from, like, it comes out of the tap, I'm assuming, yeah, right? It, but where does that come from? So and we're on wells. Water? You're on wells. We're on okay. wells, a variety of wells in this area. They're deep wells. There's an abundance. Um, we have holding tanks around town, but it also means... You, we can be there's a holding tank over here we can switch from that holding tank to one that's over here and you can actually taste the difference in the water profile wow. when they switch and so uh we do treat our water a little bit we'd like to treat it more um but this the infrastructure for water here is very basic and we're we're not quite to the point where we can treat it as much as yeah. we can but okay. um it is municipal water we do our best to make it the water we need it to be but it's also what makes beer terroir right in the space you are is using the water and the right. and the agriculture and the things that are around you right oh that's because uh, i know there is a distinct lack of water yes wherever you go around here i mean it looks like it yes it's been a dry couple <laughs> so, of years yeah how, how far down do those wells go oh thousands of feet okay yeah. quite a ways down there yeah. so you don't actually suck it out the birdie river and no, bring no, it over no. here then no, no it's aquifer and and okay. well and so cool. and it's snow melt from flagstaff too oh right okay yeah, yeah cool so um it sounds like you have everything in place here to carry on <laughs> as you want to yeah just servicing this nice little area um i really like it i would advise everybody who comes to sedona um skip the pink jeep tour and head up here (laughs) (laughs) it's really really cool place to come and have food and lots of good um, beers so i'm going to raise my honey brown and you're going to raise your funshine yeah funshine 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 and i'm going to say kali cheers cheers Thank, Thank you. you very much indeed Absolutely. for your time. I much appreciate it. You've got a busy day ahead of you. I, I may. I have lots of people here today, so oh, hopefully not too busy. Because I rem- And I will say, folks, you know, she said to me, well, I'll see if I can find some time. I usually like to make my day off my day off. And I understand that. Yeah. Because if and you're I did. We in came place, in on you a... Did. We made it work. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you very much yeah. indeed. It's a wonderful um, meeting. And it's back to the pub for us, because this is the end of our vacation. So Travel we'll safely. see you back in the Burton Yankee pub. So if you're ever out in Illinois, give us yeah, a buzz. Yeah, sounds good. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks. Lovely. Mm, I like <laughs> the honey nut brown. Oh, honey brown, it's not right. honey nut brown. Ah, oh, I got it right. Burton Yankee. Burton Yankee. I'll have a pint. No. Go, give us a pint. You got any tetanus? Uh, a pint, please, Bob. Give me another pint, please, Bob.